Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Circle of the World podcast, where we discuss Joe Abercrombie's First Law series. I am one of your hosts, Lord Chamberlain Jeffrey, and here are my co-hosts. Much like to George. And Harrison, the Adeptus Historical. During the next few episodes, we'll be doing special episodes with guest spots. And for our guest today, we'll be talking to Jordan Slamsey. So let's get started. Did I say your name correctly? Yes, you did. Thank and you. yes, if anyone is listening, it is a joke on Gordon Ramsay. I am practical Slamsey. Slamsey. <laughs> Love it. Love uh, it. <laughs> Um, so, uh, you know, first off, as usual, we want to thank all you guys for follow, you know, following along, listening to the episodes, generally just supporting us. I mean, it's been great to see people wanting to join on as guests as, you know, Jordan over here is one of them. Uh, so yeah, just thank you all for your continued fealty and <laughs> please make sure to follow us on our social medias and our YouTubes. I, I will continue to plug that until I see improvement. Okay. Uh, yes yes sir damn. yeah thanks <laughs> all right send it damn <laughs> <laughs> absolutely so let's go ahead and get started uh jordan i know you have a, a you know number of topics you want to uh talk about uh you mentioned er before uh, you wanted to touch on logan's revenge on bethod like what revenge that would he possibly like what would be the cause of his revenge what did bethod do to him uh, we talked about this a couple episodes ago i believe but uh why don't you go ahead and uh, take the lead on that? Uh, before we do that, can I node check you guys? Node check us? Just node <laughs> check for some obscure first law lore. Okay. Go on, okay. go on. Give us your best shot. All right, all right. So, you know, the, we, it's, it's one of the best chapters. It's uh, Between Two Dentists from The Blade <laughs> Itself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Also, phenomenal line by Glockta. Kind of fucked up. But you see a mural of the uh, Maker's Downfall, the Master Maker's Downfall. Mm -hmm. Below Canadius are two figures. One can be assumed to be Ptolemy. What is the other figure? Oh, the servant. Oh. Uh, his his, yeah. uh, his, 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 his hand. It's a really obscure name. His name only gets mentioned yep. like twice. Yeah, uh, one day it gets mentioned once. It gets mentioned once. It's Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Yeah, yep. that's right. Uh, that's correct. He's only yeah. mentioned once, and last night I was going through PDFs to try and find the name, but I couldn't find the chapter. I believe it's in the last <laughs> argument of Kings when Glockta talks to the uh, adept historian for the second time. Oh yeah, and but, he says, "Oh yes, his servant Jeremiah." <laughs> yeah, it's it's some bullshit what? like that. But it was on my fourth read through when I read that name. I was like, let me try and Google to get anything on this guy. There's nothing, nothing. Yeah. Else. No, that's it. Well, that's interesting. I, yeah. We, we knew that there was somebody we actually, I remember I was going over it and I think George said, yes, it's Jeremiah's, but like, it's been too long now. That <laughs> <laughs> was like a year and a half ago. <laughs> when I was on my first read through, I thought maybe it was like an amalgamation of the Shanka. Cause that was kind of like his, his army is uh yeah it's like the shared entity that is the shanker yeah <laughs> but uh logan's revenge so uh when i was listening to you guys' last segment the first two things that came to my mind is so he came over the mountains to find bethod to get help with the shanker maybe he never helped them because the deal was is logan would help him fight and bethod would help him with the shanker and from what we understand, the Shanka 
a, a problem. They're especially a problem in the Blade itself, and that's the entire reason, like, uh, Logan's dozen goes to seek out Bethod. Mm-hmm. That is interesting because that he does Logan does mention that, and yeah, then it's never but, sort of brought up again. But I think I think in his internal monologue, or maybe when he was talking to maybe Malachus Hoot, uh, I think he talked about how he did return to his you know his hometown, his uh, you know village and pillage, and uh, found it all destroyed. So maybe Bethod yes. did return at some point. I always I always thought Logan. Well, no, his father. Logan's father sent him. Yeah. And then he came back and they were dead. So, yeah. yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So he sent him to go get help. He found Bethod. Presumably, the way my, I've always seen the timeline is he goes to get help. Bethod says, Yeah, I'll help you, but you got to fight this battle for me. So he fights, the, he fights, his, he does his first duel. He wins. And then he's going to go back and bring help back to the village. But him and Dogman come back and there is no village. So it, I think, oh, I think more time elapsed. But also, that was like 15 years ago. Uh, I don't think uh, Logan would be directly, even in his wild state. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think Dogman and Logan came from the same village? Yes, I'm, I'm about one, almost 100% positive they did. I don't yeah. believe exact same village, but I believe neighboring village. Yeah, maybe That's, like the yeah. same region for sure, probably. Because yeah. I feel like if they knew each other as children that would have come up in either of their POVs because Logan and before they're hanged has an entire like internal monologue about how he's like, Oh, I used to discuss strategy with Bethod. He even made Grim laugh a few times, but Dogman it doesn't really go into like, Oh, I knew him when I was like, yeah, but he He didn't know him though. Or he just takes him for granted. He could, he definitely could be. It could be, or what one of the, or one of the other. Or both. Yeah. But I do like that. That's interesting. Yeah. And then my other idea for maybe Logan's revenge on Bethod is I don't think we get the context of Rattleneck's son in the first trilogy, but there's another where we yeah. kind of get context of why Logan might be pissed at him. Uh, can we really spoil uh, ends or? Yeah, we, we do on the yeah. guest episode. Let's go for it, Jordan. Uh, we know that Rattleneck's son was his prison. And then I assume Bethod locked him up after the incident in Sharp Ends. I don't think so he maybe... did. Yeah, oh, I think really? that's the problem. He, the only time that we know that he locked him up and captured him was about five, um, well, I was like ten five years. to ten years. Yeah, ten years after that point is whenever he locked him up. Yeah. Because, and, and that was after he was like, he was just done with him. I believe that comes from a I believe that comes from a Dogman chapter because he said he spent 10 years scouting for Bethod and now he's scouting against him. Yeah, and mm. at that point in Made a Monster, uh, they, Logan didn't defeat Dao yet. So he didn't yep. have Dao under his... Oh, you know. okay. But he did have three <laughs> trees at least. We know that. Yeah, yep. So it, it basically, the kind of the timeline goes is that, you know, his father sent him over to go and get help. So he went to get help. He met Beth. Beth said he'd help him with the Shanka, but he had to fight for him. He fought for him maybe once, twice, or who knows, with Logan. He could have been gone years and uh, did been like, whatever. He went back with Dogman, whether Dogman's from the same region or he met him on his travels, you know, um, found that Shanka had murdered everybody. So he went back to Bethod, fought for him because he felt like that's all he had, probably part of his issue. 
Uh, he fought at the, you know, Carleon, not Carleon, sorry. Yes, at, no, at Carleon and also at Ufrith. Um, presumably about five years or so that he was doing that. And then Sharp End Story happens. And then 10 years after that is whenever he gets kicked out. On his own. Damn. Well, I think it's like five years after that because they're on their own for a while too. They they don't ever state the time that the dozen were on their own, but they're on their own for several years because they come back to Carly on and they're like, "Damn, this place is big, mm-hmm. but like, you can't build walls in like you know sixty days." So, <laughs> <laughs> right. So, in my opinion, you know, Logan's revenge is just kind of contrived in his mind. Like he just feels yeah. like Betha betrayed him by yeah. locking him up. And it's just like, well, buddy, like we talked about it before, but what did you think Bethel was going to do? <laughs> the fuck? Yeah, I, I like it's that. Because kind of also... Sorry, can I just jump in there? I think it's actually quite highly debatable whether Logan would have taken revenge if he hadn't been in bloody nine mode at that moment. Like, he went up and he smashed fucking Bethel's head on the wall and threw him over, but he was sort of in that state. Whereas, you know, if they hadn't had the duel at all and they'd have just won the battle, maybe... I thought might even still be alive. Mm-hmm. Possibly, possibly. I mean, I remember, remember from the you know POV that Logan <clears throat> is walking up to Bethod, uh, and he's passing people. You know, so if he was still bloody nine, like yeah, he's not, nine, he's he would not be, bloody. yeah, he'd I be think, putting uh, them open too. Last argument of kings is when we get like glue Logan. Uh, I've seen like some people say like, "Oh, uh, Logan is just a fake identity. He gave himself the Bloody Nine is the real Logan, or Bloody Nine is an alter ego." I think the true Logan is both of those intermixed, and I mm-hmm. think we kind of we see that more in Made a Monster and a sequel and, and Red Country. Yeah, yeah Red Country. <clears throat> I didn't want to like spoil, but yeah. it's so fucking obvious who <laughs> that character yeah. is. But um, yeah, not I, to, and not to like sidetrack too much here, but and not to uh, ruin your topic or anything. I think that's a good point. But uh, we we don't talk about Logan too much. We did just talk about him um, with our previous guest quite a bit. Yeah. So I don't want us to be too repetitive. If you guys are on board with that, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, um, so let's okay. So let's move on to another uh, topic you want to talk about, Jordan. Go ahead. So you guys talked about heartfelt moments in your last segment. Uh. One person already brought up a really heartfelt moment was uh, Grimm's death, mm-hmm. which is probably the death that impacted me the most. But I was uh, I was going to ask uh, what character deaths really like kind of pissed you off, you were ambival- ambivalent to or whatever, or just made you mad or sad. Jeffrey, what does uh, ambivalent mean? Uh, you don't know. It means like you're not. Eh, I'm not too. Uh, oh, like, okay. Uh, I think for me, um, the ones that took me off guard the most were uh, Frost and Severod. Yes, and... that was going to be mine, you piece of shit. You stole it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I can I side diverge to that chapter? Yeah, absolutely. Because it's it's utterly insane the the sequence of that chapter because you get the horror of Severod getting uh, tortured. Then you get the action scene of Frost killing him and Glockta, you know, jab, jab. And then you get this weird comedy break where Glockta's like, oh, Artie, there's some brain in your hair. <laughs> it's so quick and so, like, that's Joe Abercrombie at his peak. It's just mixing all of these genres into one chapter. 
I definitely agree. I think that's it's definitely one of the best moments. And um, especially because, you know, Frost and Severod, Glockta feels so much for them, even though he probably shouldn't, like, he probably shouldn't trust them. But I, he uh, does. I, Frost was clearly probably motivated by greed, but I don't think Severod was bad to Glockta because he was just doing what <clears throat> Glockta does. He was juggling his knives, and he was like, I owe Valen bulk. This is never stated, but i that's what my headcanon is, is he was just doing what he had to do because the presence of Valen and bulk is so, like, overwhelming. Fucking Severod and his birds, man. <laughs> Not the worst. <laughs> uh, Jeffrey, what about you? What do you think is, like, the most impactful character there for you? I think I know what yours is. Mmm... <laughs> It's between three trees and tall, to be honest. From what we read so far, or the entire oh, series, Jordan. Oh, from what, what we, yeah, from the first trilogy, or the just in general, Jordan. Oh, oh, sorry, I was doing first trilogy. Yeah, okay, first trilogy. Okay. <sighs> tall, it tall gut wrenching for me. Tall is gut wrenching, just because like three trees, you kind of see it. It's like, oh no, but. Tall man, my heart fucking sank. I almost shat myself. I wanted to punch my fucking book. I was like, God damn it, Logan. Hot take. Mm -hmm. I like the fight of Three Trees and his boys versus Fenris more than Logan. Oh, because the... Because mm -hmm. the, the fight scene. Mm -hmm. I love yeah. that because you don't really know about Fenris and you just see like shivers like spears him through the heart or like the armpit. Dow, and they're talking about that was a killing blow that should have killed them and you're like what the fuck is going on with this guy <laughs> i mean it's definitely like that like um like fenris <clears throat> is basically like the unmovable object isn't he like you can't do anything against him so to see someone so brave and and determined to go up against that and just get absolutely smashed is fucking it's pretty pretty terrifying you see it from dogman's pov and dogman is like i should just leave i shouldn't be here mm-hmm like his like absolute cowardice and someone I believe ask him is like, do we go on three? And Dogman's like, it doesn't matter as long as you just go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it seems pretty great. I, I think. Uh, uh, I... Go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say, uh, Toll's death fits into my makes me pissed category, mostly because I'm like, you guys fucking know Logan. Maybe in the 10 years you thought he changed, but don't touch him when he's in a fight. Oh, why did you do that? Yeah, that yeah. definitely seems like... It definitely seems like... You cut out, George. Repeat that. It's just the fact that he was trying to help Logan in that fight. It's just... It's, it's terrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is terrible. And he was, like, he was like, come on, big fella. You're okay. And then I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Please don't. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> so what about, what about you, Harrison? Um, it's strange because like, at death just like that's so tragic and things. But like, I always think that the one for some reason I don't know why. I I, I said it in the poll too, but like, at least in the original trilogy, um, like Grimm's death is like, yep. you know, as I kind of said in the podcast previously, it's like it's almost like the end of an era, and it, it, I don't know why my brain ties it to that, but like. And the way he goes out and how he's like one of the only characters who gets like that sweet moment right before death of saying, 
no, I had a good life. I like, yeah. And like to know that he was that grateful all along to know that he was one of the best people out there. Somebody who actually knew how to live life. It's just, uh, it makes me tear up every time. Every time, yeah. every single time I read it. I know you guys don't want to retread on topics too much, but I just love the quote where he's like, I should have died in the circle with Logan every day after yeah. that has been a gift. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's Grim's second best quote. The first one is, you're going south, we're going north, I've got a piss. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, great. Th- thought, uh, I thought it was going to be a shame. A waste of a good bell. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Awesome. I, I love that, like, I, I believe in that scene, Dow was all like, like, after, like, three choose death, you've been talking a lot more and I fucking ate it. <laughs> just now being cynical as shit yeah so apart from um Severada and Frost what would you say is your, your second saddest then since I stole yours my my first is Grim then Severada and Frost and then a oh. death that I was ambivalent for not caring about with Cathel because it kind of just seemed like she was introduced just to die and mm. to show that uh, Colum is an incel. <laughs> yeah! yeah! <laughs> so the bit, the actual scene itself, when they're cutting the arrow out of her, and Dogman's like, Sue, super intense. And the, they're trying to get it done, and they're trying to save her life. And I think it's Shivers or, or, or Dow or something, just like, you know, she's already gone. Like, that's a, that, that itself is an awful scene, isn't it? Yeah. I believe that's three trees. Yeah. It's three trees. And it? three trees mm-hmm. does a very like three trees thing. He's like, hey, we have to do this. She's gonna die either way. But if we're gonna try and save her. Do you guys have anything, any deaths you're ambivalent about? It's hard to, it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. It is hard to, I'm trying to think of specific ones, especially like major characters, and I can't think of many that I just don't care about at all. I think maybe maybe West at the end because because it's so drawn out and it's just I feel bad for Glockton more than I feel bad for West, you know, mm-hmm. because he's he's losing his friend whereas West is more like you know he probably thinks he deserves it so he's just like ah whatever. <laughs> well, George is cruel. Okay. <laughs> no, he's realistic. <laughs> you gotta be realistic. realistic. <laughs> is he now? Um, I think I. Off the top of my head, like the one I feel the least like it is like like I guess just don't care about that too, right? I don't know how far out we want to get with this, but Reynolds dies. If you guys recall, it's like oh okay, <laughs> yeah, like uh, it, it, like we only see him from I believe Giselle's POV, and he's like yeah. oh he's okay, yeah, yeah. And then I, the I, only I... other one I feel like honestly is like Salt's death or his implied death. It's just kind of like. Yeah, I just don't feel anything at that point. My satisfaction result it was him being bested by Glockta in that big room. Whenever he's like, "You crippled wob," <laughs> like, like <laughs> at that point, you crippled bastard. Yeah, <laughs> at that point, like whenever they show him again, like it's it's funny, but also like I don't feel anything about his death, both uh, character wise or his journey's over. It's whatever. <laughs> I think the funniest thing about his death is like clocked is like, oh, this is the reason that all that shit happened to you, which isn't even the case because oh, Glockta was Glockta was 
searching the Mercers before Saul even said, gave him the A-OK. He's like, okay, keep doing it. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, like, Saul comes <laughs> down in that first chapter, and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Why have you got a Mercer in there? And then he's like, oh, yeah, no, no, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, so, like, Sailor Moon has no reason to hate fucking Salt. That was just Glockta. <laughs> well, Glockta just shifted the blame. He was like, listen, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to get stabbed. I want to die, but I don't want to lose. Whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, let's uh, move on real quick. Uh, we're going to move on to our best meme of the week segment. Georgie Boy, that's yours. Take it away. So some people might notice that these aren't going to be all the top-rated ones for the week because we are recording three episodes this week, so I'm going to have to kind of pick and choose for these. Uh, but this is user on Reddit, LickShots419, <laughs> and this guy dressed in a fucking hot dog costume. <laughs> Logan, after he murders the Thunderhead, we're all trying to find the guy who did this. <laughs> uh, I would like to point out, I did not make this meme or the other <laughs> meme. Or any meme ever. <laughs> That's true. We mistakenly uh, attributed to him yesterday, I think, right? Or the episode we just recorded the other day. So yeah, <laughs> whoopsies. <laughs> I think Sadly. this is um, Lickshot's third meme of the week so far. So keep going, keep going. Make 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 the good memes. Yeah, keep it going. Thanks for that. Um, also, as an aside, real quick, I do want to point out, uh, Jordan Slamsey is not responsible. Right for the original, uh, you know, Wiren of Bleh, uh winning uh, best non POV. That was Harrison, but whatever. I no, I just did a bullshit fucking poll. I did yeah, change we... my Reddit tag to Wiren of Bleh because Appreciate I that. like metal and that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so uh, let's go on to another topic that you want to cover, uh, Jordan. Go ahead. All right, so I'll give my two. Are there standout chapters from the first three books that you guys, when you think of the first law, first trilogy, you think of? Because mm -hmm. I have two, and they're both from the Blade itself. And they're very non-consequential, really, uh, chapters. But one is, uh, I believe, the chapter where Logan is just exploring Ardua, and he doesn't understand anything. He's like, there's pipes underneath my feet that give water <laughs> and he's just so confused about the like culture and society of Adua, which i think is hilarious and then there's multiple chapters called questions throughout the books but it's when glockta <clears throat> sorry glockta goes to question logan kwai and Baez, and he's just not taking anything what they're saying and he's like if you're the first of the magi i'm the emperor of gurkle and he's like, Neil, <laughs> Neil. But, like, Glockta is so, like, has such a boner for getting the questions. He doesn't realize none of them are freaked out by him. None of them call him a cripple or anything. They're actually just like, oh, yeah, this is, this is what's going on. Those are my, my two favorite chapters from the first trilogy. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like those mm -hmm. ones. I especially like the one where... Um... Doctor goes to interrogate them, and <laughs> that is really funny. <laughs> like he just doesn't believe a single word they're saying, especially when he's talking to Logan, and he's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. "This guy could be a spy." Like, you know, what are you doing here? And it's like, oh, I don't know, you know, just, just uh, came with bias, lies, you know. He's like, <laughs> he's like yeah, all you, right, whatever. He's like, are you are you magic? He's like, no, not really. Pause. 
I can talk to two years, though. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? <laughs> oh, that is funny. What about, what about you guys, uh, Jeff? Standout chapters. <clears throat> um, well, uh, from the original trilogy, I do like the in Before They're Hanged. Uh, I like, uh, whatchamacallit? Um, best book. Which one? Oh, you said best book. Best book. Best book. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I like the uh, first battle where, you know, Ladislaw falls into Bethod's trap and just the, the tension, the, you know, the, like the early looks of like success and then the meet the, how it just devolves into complete horror and, and like chaos that, w- that really stood out to me. And then, you know, at the end when uh, Dogman was like, three trees is not going to believe what I just found. <laughs> Yeah, three trees is gonna shit. He's going to shit. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, I like the scene in before they're hanged as well when the the fellowship they're having that um that campfire. Scars, yeah, and scars, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That one's so good. I love that. Like everyone's actually kind of impressed by uh, Longfoot. Best character, by the way, when he's like, oh, he's like talking about like how he got bit by a fish. And they're like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. He was like, it was a big fish indeed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to say uh, for me, it's got to be uh, Furious. In Furious? Um, all their hangs when, mm-hmm. when <laughs> fucking Wes just pushes Ladislaw off the cliff. Bit his fucking uh, nose off. And the whole interaction with Dao and, and, and West as well, that is absolutely incredible. Oh, yeah. I love Dao in that chapter. It's, a, it's crazy. So, like, uh, you get all this buildup that West has anger issues. But when he kills Ladislaw, it's described in the book that he's cold. He's not pissed off. It's just like a calm, neutral cold. And I'm like, that's, that's cold-blooded. Like, he's not, like, heated up and freaking out and being like, why won't you fuck me, Cathal? He's just like, bye. <laughs> Imagine if he said that. That'd be really fucked up. <laughs> it would be. We'd have to make a whole podcast just dedicated to hating on Wes at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys hate on Wes a little bit from the much. I Hate Colin West podcast. Oh. <laughs> uh. So, um, <clears throat> what else? My uh, favorite uh, chapter. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Uh, it's probably, it, it, it's really hard to like pick one, you know, like when we talk about all the things, but I really, really like, uh, honestly, I'm just going to, I'm just going to full send them both because I just think they're both fantastic. Both chapters uh, with the House of the Maker are oh, incredible. Dude. I mm, feel like, I, uh, like, they're, they're the climaxes of both those books in, in certain ways, and they, they build up in such a way, and it's creepy, and, and it has such a different vibe to the entire rest of the series that there really are some of my favorite chapters, just, like, on the unique side of the, the book. When I first read the first chapter that was in The House of the Maker, I was talking to my other fantasy friend. I was like, dude, this shit got weird. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. like, it's, like, it's like a weird kind of liminal space horror. Where you just yep. like, I have no idea what's going on. You feel like Cthulhu's about to come out and just fucking eat them or something. <laughs> you just, it's so ambiguous and like haunting. 
It's and but at the same time, there's so much character work done in the house of the maker, which is like, of course, at the same time, like very uh, reminiscent of like how many how many big events have happened in Bias's life in that house. It's just so uh, I don't know. The house of the maker is so unique. I think one thing that also really sells that is that mm-hmm. they go through all these chambers and they get to the top. And everyone's like, oh, look at Adjua. And Giselle's like, I could piss. I could piss on peasants right here. And Glock <laughs> is like, we didn't walk up any stairs. And I was like, holy shit, they didn't. What the fuck? Yeah. Just complete mind blow. Mm, like that. Like that. Okay. Those, those are worthy chapters, we'll say, right? <laughs> um. uh, they're the only chapters. Every, everyone else's opinion is wrong. <laughs> Jordan, I know you wanted to talk to us about uh you had mentioned uh you know re reading the first trilogy like how did we how did you get into the first law and also thoughts uh after reading the first one the first trilogy uh did you want to talk about that yeah I'm always down because to... uh mm-hmm. yeah feel free i I can start off uh so uh I got into the first law uh six months ago. Oh. Right around then. Wow. Yeah. So it started off because so my work started letting us have headphones at work. And I was like, okay, bet. And my friend was like, yo, you got to check out this uh, series called the Stormlight Archive. And I was like, okay, this is cool. And he's like talking about it, He's like, and then like after I finished it, he's like, oh, I'm listening to my favorite series, The First Law. And I was like, you like that more than Stormlight? And I kind of just put it off. And I started listening to The First Law six months ago, because someone else mentioned it again, and I'm like, holy shit. What the fuck? Why was I listening to Stormlight? Those characters are unbelievable. Those are not humans. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't go back to Stormlight uh, or any kind of Brandon Sanderson stuff after I read um, the, any Abercrombie at all. Like, it's just I, not comparable. Yeah, I understand the love for Stormlight, and I still don't hate it. I still like it, but it's just like, the character work yeah. is so flat, but I'm not gonna make this the complaint podcast. I'm gonna talk about first. Yeah, we only we only hate on Colin West, not Stormlight Archive. Yeah, fuck <laughs> Colin. But uh, <laughs> I joined like the Reddit after I finished the Blade itself because I just wanted to talk to people about it. Uh, yeah. If you are treating this podcast as a book club and reading a chapter and listening to a podcast talking about a chapter. Don't look up the Reddit. Don't look up the wiki. You will fuck yourself. I fucked myself. <laughs> but I saw a lot of people putting Blade itself actually kind of low on their tier list. I'm like, how is it so low? The Blade itself is amazing. And then I read the rest of it and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Joe Abercrombie <laughs> is fucking crazy. Mm-hmm, but uh, yeah. it's kind of changed my feelings. Uh, I don't super do Grimdark, but I feel like the first law is grimdark light because i it feels (laughs) like there's hope i feel like there's hope even though all this shitty shit happens i feel like there's like a glimmer maybe i have a thought on that jordan it's basically i i don't i really don't think it's that grimdark at all like it, it is it is it like fantastical and pretty like no but like there are a plenty of bright moments in the series and for the most part it just feels like normal people you know, inside of this fantasy world, living their lives as people. And people think that's dark and gritty, but 
they either don't realize how dark and gritty our world is, I think, or you know, they they are they they don't they're just used to seeing it as grim dark. I just don't think it is. Um, I just think other things are lighter, but on purpose. It doesn't feel as real as the first law does to me. Yeah, if I can like put a bit a bit of like personal thing, it's like it's like people think berserk the manga is grim dark but it's like yeah it's only kind of a little bit but towards the end you start getting more like oh this is the human condition mm. Mm. and there is definitely mm. elements of that in joe abercrombie's work like he's definitely trying to point to certain things in the real world and be like well that shit isn't it that <laughs> banks <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he has a problem with banks. I think he just has a problem with bald people. Mm. <laughs> Not all bald people are evil, Joe. That's an observation. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but yeah, that's a uh, that's kind of how like the first law trilogy affected me. It's kind of like you know, I was gonna say that'll wrap up what uh, first law kind of means to me. The trilogy it's changed my scope of media. And now, like, I, I I like seeing very humanized characters, characters mm, yeah. that make sense. Mm. No, absolutely. Okay. Well, that's that's good as well because it's um, every other person that we've spoken to on these guest spots has, um, well, apart from Stephanie, I think, has kind of been like a long term reader. You know, uh, more than a few years. But it's interesting to talk to somebody who's only recently read them and has this sort of more of a fresh perspective. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're a newbie, but you know, bringing a lot of uh, thoughts to the uh, to the series. Yeah, it's weird. It's kind of my comfort series. Like, mm-hmm. I'll read another series, and then I'm like, what? Are, what should I read next? I'll just uh, read the first law again. All night, all ten books, eleven <laughs> books now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just want to. I just want to hang out and see what Dogman is up to. Oh no! Oh, Dogman! What a mesh! What a mesh! Uh, did you guys want to talk about how you got into the series, or I, I did we even talk about that before? I think we've done that like a few times. We we actually that. do it almost every like <laughs> every you <episode>. know. No, <laughs> yeah, we actually do talk about our feelings about the. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I think we we do talk about like what he's talking about. Like we even ask honestly, it's kind of funny, Jordan. You uh, have ended up going over our questions for you that we usually like to do at the end. Like, what's your favorite book? Well, you just told us. Oh, well, what, how did it impact you? Oh, okay. When did you start reading? Oh, got it. <laughs> oh, I, so. I, I cheated when I said my favorite book. Uh, my top three are all from the three different trilogies, if you count the standalones of the trilogy. Yeah, they okay. are. The Great Leveler. What are your top three books? Uh, in no particular order. Heroes. The wisdom, uh, not not the wisdom. Uh, fuck. Second book in the third trilogy. Trouble, uh, with, trouble with peace. Trouble with peace, and then before their hang. To be honest, that's that's pretty much mine as well. Except for uh, maybe I'm leaning a bit more towards Red Country. Mm. I feel like people shit on Age of Madness a lot, but it's like, have you read the second book? The yeah. Trouble with peace. <laughs> that is like yeah. masterclass. Yeah, the the Trouble with Peace is my favorite book, maybe of all time. Like it's just so well executed and written. You could even just read the Trouble of Peace without other context, and it still is amazing. Like it's it's crazy how much ground it covers. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, I did want to say a shout out to Red Country. There's a chapter where a dog smells a turd, doesn't like it, and then shits next to it and leaves. <laughs> that is a real thing that happens in that book. <laughs> it's basically a real thing that happens in real life. <laughs> there's some. There's definitely some kind of deeper poetic meaning there. Mm-hmm. Joe, Joe's trying to make to make some um, commentary about something about dog turds. <laughs> Jordan, uh, you also mentioned you wanted to talk about the morality in the First Law series, like uh, that whole thing. What do you want to talk about? So uh, I've seen some things where just people think morality doesn't exist in the First Law. People are bad people. But I think there are a few standouts of people that are good people. Uh, Hadish Kedir is my number one. And <laughs> you see it at the end. You only see this character a little bit. Eris Dan Caspar. You see her in Giselle. Giselle's POV when he's uh, swooning over Artie and he just doesn't care. She seems very vapid and airheaded. Mm-hmm. But at the end, when West is in the hospital, she's just there volunteering to help people out. So she's not as just airheaded nobility idiot. She's just helping people out with no gain for herself. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. I don't think we ever touched on um, on our yeah. chapter at all. That's true. She definitely. I mean, I I think the first impression of her is a little bit coloured by Giselle's, obviously. You know, like you said, smitten with RD. <laughs> so you know, anybody else is going to look like that. I mean, he's definitely exaggerating a certain amount, surely. Uh, to quote Glockta, uh, Giselle is literally blah, blah, fucking blah. <laughs> <laughs> blah, blah, fucking blah. I would say, like, even Artie isn't a bad person. I mean, she's an alcoholic, but she's not a bad person. I, I think good and bad people can exist in the first law, and they oftentimes, like, mix together. Like, Logan is an evil person, but he talks about how he used to teach his son how to fish by tickling right. the fishes. So, like, he's he's layered. Baez, I think, even isn't just straight megalomaniac evil. I think you guys talked about it in your last segment. He just likes talking to Logan and having tea. Mm-hmm. And smoking yeah. wizard weed or whatever he does. Does Baez smoke a pipe? I don't think he makes a pipe. No. Does he? No, he does he, not. He, I don't think he ever does. He likes tea. He's more of a tea guy. He's very yeah. British. Very, yeah, very <laughs> He's British. British. Very also. evil. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, any other standouts in terms of morality uh, for you guys? I would say Carlot. I don't think Carlot. I think Carlot is actually trying to. I mean, yeah, Carlot Dan Ida's. Um... Go ahead, Jeff. Sorry. No, no, I was just saying Carlot Dan Ida. That's all I was saying. Yeah, I mean, she definitely, definitely <laughs> has more altruistic um, sort of motivations than most other characters, I'd say. Mm. Like, she genuinely is like, you know, we're not doing any good here. The union isn't doing any good here. So, you know, we might as well surrender while we can. Right. Which and is not... not the worst thing to do. I mean, def- everybody would have been better off except Glockton. Right, and people would have, you know, lived like a mem- one of the 
one of the reasons she was she gave was because people are going to die for what? Just to say we own this piece of land or whatever? <laughs> this one pinprick on a map that we, like, the the Union couldn't even own because it's nowhere near their land. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they try to make it their own, but, you know, it doesn't always work out We so see well. that same shit in Westport. Oh, right. We do see that later on, though. We do see that later on. Um, I know it's at least mentioned. Westport is at least mentioned because they talk about one of the open council members from Westport going to Adjua to, hey, make me king. Yeah. And that guy from Steric-Land. Yeah, I remember that. So, Jordan, you also mentioned that you wanted to talk about Joe Abercrombie's own rereads of the books. Yes. Go for it. So I was just kind of like going through it and picking out fine things. Uh, he believes that at the beginning of Last Argument of Kings, he uh, he doesn't like Giselle or uh, Lakta's chapters because he feels like they're kind of like meandering. Mm. But I figured this would be interesting for you guys to read and talk about on a podcast for next episode. He also brings up um, Therese. And he doesn't like that it just kind of feels like evil lesbians getting their comeuppance, <laughs> which I thought was interesting because he says that he doesn't feel like his female characters in the first trilogy are that good. But I, I, I think there's some standouts. Artie, Vitari. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't feel like oh, this character is woman. They feel like people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, especially especially with um, Pharaoh and Ardy, Like, But I think to, I, I do think people's um, sort of anger about Therese is a little bit justified. Yeah. She is probably, you know, she's not very... Well, I'll actually just leave it there. <laughs> but, you know. I mean, I'll, the truth she's... I'll say she's I very love mean. Therese. I love Therese in um, the third trilogy. Mm-hmm. You get more insight to her as a character. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Harrison, you were saying she's very mean. <laughs> she's very mean. That's just as easy as it goes. Like, you can, uh, you can be mean, and you can be a lesbian, and you can be mean, and you can be straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're mean either way. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anybody is going to argue that. So. <laughs> Oh, he also believes Ptolemy is very underdeveloped. But uh, she's kind of just like a D&D ghoul. Mm. <laughs> that reference went over my head, so I'm assuming <laughs> a terrible, terrible person, character, thing. Um, sure, Jeff. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, and to finish it off, I uh, I remembered this from when I read it last night. Uh, his thoughts on the series as a whole, he feels the second book is the best and smoothest and tightest compared to the blade itself in Last Argument. Mm. Uh, that's, uh, that's Jeff true. agrees with us. <laughs> I mean, Joe, Joe agrees with us. Fuck's oh, yeah. uh, he, he also said he feels like Last Argument of Kings is too action-y, which I don't think is a bad thing, but yeah, like you get the battle at the high places, the battle of Adua. Crazy, there's so much shit going. On. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's the you know, 
everything's coming to to a close, you know. So you have to have this resolution, and a lot of them is going to you know result in battles, you know. Yeah, and true. then the last thing on my list was Drano because I accidentally typed it in when I was making a group. <laughs> <laughs> the Drano? Yep. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> That's our show, everyone. We want to thank you all for listening and supporting this podcast. As you all know, this is a passion project for the three of us, and your support really does mean a lot to us. Join us next week as we have one more special guest episode. And the lucky winner of the book has been selected and been sent out, so keep an eye out for that whenever uh, it arrives. Make sure you follow us on social media, and we have a website. It's circleoftheworld.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or any podcast app that you use. And please make sure to rate and review this podcast. Thank you all again for listening. That bitch talks too much. 